Welcome to The Conversation. This is Gretchen. And hi, I'm Christy. And this is Conversations to Connect. You're listening to episode 18, where we will be getting real about our lives and how they're affected by society and social norms. One of the things that we, Christy and I, have been talking about are just different aspects of our lives that interfere with our relationship with ourselves. And something that came to mind was society, the social norms that we have, the stereotypes that we all kind of buy into, and how those all affect us, our relationships with ourselves, and also relationships with other people. Sure. And I'm thinking about nowadays, we're bombarded with these images and ideas. Yeah pretty much on a constant basis. So we don't really ever take the time to unplug from everything, to take a break, to really have a meaningful conversation with somebody without having some sort of distraction present. Well, in the constant infiltration of all of the information that we get, I don't even think we realize the impact that it actually has on us. It's happening so often. We are subjected to it now with social media just inundated by mm-hmm. it. Like we have very little um, ways to break from it. But even before social media, like, you know, you and I grew up in school before social media ever existed. And we definitely still have impacts from social norms, stereotypes, mm-hmm. society, beliefs that, you know, so we mm-hmm. feel like we're things we're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. And I would say that from a young age, you're already, well, before I went to college, people were asking, well, what are you going to do with your life? And who at 18 knows what they want to oh do gosh. with their life? Absolutely. And that it's okay to switch jobs multiple times, but then there's this intense pressure. Oh my gosh, I'm going to spend all this money and I yeah. better make sure that I like it and that college kids that I work with now really feel the pressure because now they need to have a master's degree a lot of the times yeah so generationally speaking we had talked before about the influence that technology has had yeah so maybe 20 years ago we had phones at our houses that took messages for us while we went out and lived our lives and came back to it and decided when you wanted to call that person back decided if you wanted to call that person yeah but now it's just Everybody is so expected to be on all the time. So if you think about what our parents' lives were like or what our grandparents' lives were like, some older clients that I work with say just how different the workforce was. Oh, yeah. Back, you know, in the 40s and the 50s, people were a lot more active. So that's why there wasn't so many gyms and different ways of taking care of your physical body. And now, I believe, is a time where we're looking at our mental capacities. And so therapy, thankfully, is becoming a lot less stigmatized. Working with somebody to deal with the stresses and pressures of life is a lot more normalized, which is a great thing. And also meditation and yoga and different ways of quieting and calming because you do need aggressive exercise and you do need meditative exercise. Balance. Balance. Always comes Mm -hmm. back to balance. Well, no, but that's a good point what you were talking about in terms of like generational differences because it really goes to what the goals are that we have for ourselves and how we develop those. So if you think about, you know, we're influenced definitely by our parents and by our family and Mm -hmm. they're influenced by their parents, your grandparents, who are influenced by your great grandparents, right? Mm -hmm. So I was just saying this to Chris before when we were talking about what we wanted to kind of do with this podcast and how like three gen- two generations back, my grandparents, we're talking about the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. And so the things that were impacting them at that time, what the world looked like, what society issues were, what their jobs looked like were completely different than what our parents went through and what we're going through. When you were talking about like jobs, mm-hmm. even that has changed. And I agree with you. I have a lot of 20 something 
even 30 something people coming into therapy and feeling like I'm failing and I, and at I, life. At, at life, right. Yeah. And I hate myself for it. Mm-hmm. I feel like a failure. So we're personalizing these things. Why? Because I got a degree and I don't know what to do with it. Or I got a degree and I'm not using it. Or I got a degree and there's no job for me. I didn't get a degree. And yeah, I have a job or I feel like I have a career, but my parents don't see it that way. Or mm-hmm. society doesn't see it that way. We Again, it's looking at what other people's opinions are rather yes. than trusting your gut and doing what's right for you. Right. Because there's so much fear behind that. And I know that a lot of people in their minds think, oh, well, then I'm going to be homeless. Or they catastrophize it. Yes, absolutely. It just gets into this huge, Mm -hmm. horrible thing that could happen. And thinking for myself, I know that growing up and being surrounded by the work ethic that I was surrounded with, it was always about producing things. Mm. So I have always been super involved in things, a very busy person, sometimes to my own detriment, because I have too many things happening at once, and then... I think a lot of that tied into early on in my marriage. We both had a lot of things going on. And so we didn't give time and attention to that relationship. And, and I know probably not even to yourself. Definitely not to myself. The relationship was above that too. Yeah. So in terms of learning that balance, it's still a struggle for me. I, oh, yeah. I feel like even in the last 10 years in starting a business and taking on more responsibility, producing things and working all the time, like I'm definitely a workaholic. I can relate to that. We've talked about this before about how I think even though our upbringings were different, that idea of you need to be an extremely hard worker and keep reaching for the next thing mm-hmm. is something that we share. And Which is a great trait to have as long as you create that balance. Well, that and we that was the problem about. that we both struggled with is yes. not being able to create balance in that. And that's something too that... I also felt that I need to always be striving for more. I need to mm-hmm. be doing more. And so there is a part of me that when I invest myself in something, I feel it's the like, go hard or go home. Mm-hmm. It needs to be all out, whatever that may be, whether it's school or working out yes. or, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever, or being with my family or whatever. It's like, I need to put everything mm-hmm. into this or I'm not good enough. And so again, those kinds of like beliefs that and, you have. And getting real about what your time looks like when it comes to that, because everything that you choose to take on takes time and effort. And sometimes you need to barter your time in other areas. Yeah. I know that you and I, maybe a week or so ago, had been talking be- because I do work a lot and I'm not in a relationship right now. And and in my head, I want to be, but I think that you said, well, then what are you going to take off of your plate? Because that is a commitment that you make. Absolutely. And at that point when you're like, um... Maybe not. Yeah, maybe I don't want to do that. But also, it really drives me crazy because so many people in my life are like, why aren't you dating? Or are you dating and just not saying anything? Or do you want to? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, of course, I have friends that I go and hang out with. I have things that I do. But I don't feel that compromising any part of what I would want from my next relationship is worth just being with somebody. Well, but here's the thing is, is that that goes back to what are the goals for yourself? So that's Uh a perfect example. And you Uh can use that. Is that a goal that you have for yourself? Or is that a goal that you have chosen, if you will, or one that's floating around your head, Uh because it's being influenced by outside sources. Uh And I think we can all relate to that. It is hard sometimes to parse out 
is this my goal? Is this something that I want to do? Or is this something that my parents want me to do? Or my peers want Mm -hmm. me to do? Or society? And sometimes people stay in relationships because of that. So again, like I think- Or jobs. Right? Or anything. I think coming from the experience that I had in getting divorced, we have looked at it in terms of, you don't become one person, but your lives are so intertwined that when you like pull it apart, it's not like you're ripping along the dotted line. There's right. lots it's of messy. like jab, yeah. jabby edges. And you can't help but personalize things. And people mm-hmm. will always be like, well, there's this and there's that. But I think when you're alone with yourself and your thoughts, you tend to second guess what it is you could have done differently. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes our head can be our worst enemy because Often. it will tell mm-hmm. us things that we don't want to hear, right? but also things that aren't true at all. Or in, also in terms of feeling worthy of things, whether that's a job or a relationship or worthy of having the things that you want. It's kind of self-sabotage for a lot of people that I work with. Yeah. And getting real about what barriers you're putting in place and what areas you're distracting yourself with with unhealthy coping skills Mm. that are taking up, again, what I said earlier about the time that you need in order to develop the habits that you want. But that's so hard to parse out because it it all goes back to like, what are our beliefs about ourselves and about the Mm -hmm. goals that we set? Christy, you had said something before when we were talking about this podcast and what we wanted to say that... Ultimately, we have a belief about what is supposed to make us happy. So our beliefs are kind of based on that. And if we believe... many times it's external. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to say. Maybe we have these beliefs that oftentimes then influence the goals that we have for ourselves. So Mm -hmm. if I believe there are certain things that I'm supposed to do in order to be happy, those are going to then influence the goals that I have for myself. So if I believe that in order to be happy, I need to be married and have two kids, then I might then have a goal to find a partner Mm -hmm. to make sure that I have children by a certain age. Or if I have a belief that in order to be happy, I need to be successful then my goals are influenced by that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to get my master's degree or my PhD or I need to start my own company or I need whatever that might look like. Mm-hmm. So it really then does come down to understanding like wh- what are these beliefs that you have Do you, you know, and what actually brings you a sense, not even just happiness, but like Content. contentment, mm-hmm. joy in life. What are the things that you, are you doing these things because you actually want to do them you like them Mm -hmm. or are you doing them because you feel you're supposed to be doing them for me much of the time I would say maybe like five years ago six years ago it was this should be like this should make me happy or this should and then what I was doing was burning the candle at both ends and running around all the time and having lots of projects going on and then just getting disappointed when things wouldn't work out the way that I wanted them to and I want to clarify things like I would put that on people too in what ways in ways um say for example we would be working on a project you can imagine it like in college but in the workforce now yeah so I would like say a group project yes yeah, so <laughs> we talked about those project. before how much we or hate things them. that I would bring into our workspace now and then I would be really motivated to get this project done and nobody else really would care much about it yeah. so then I would take that personally and be like no this is something that this company is doing and you are going to be a part of it. And that takes away people's right to be like, eh, that's not really important for me. And then I'm like, well, then why am I wasting my time? Because quite honestly, I don't even want to be doing that. Mm. So I don't know. I think that that's always been like a learning curve. But really, 
the last project that I took on, I did on my own happily because it was what I wanted to do. Because it was one that you wanted yeah. and not one that you felt your organization should be doing. Right. Oh, exactly. this is what we do. This is how this, the, mm-hmm. I want the community to see us. So I feel like we have to do certain things. Right. Well, and yeah. then that became my identity to so many people. Like you're the one that does this. This is your responsibility. Mm. And I would be like, screw that. I don't really want that responsibility. And again, it was my own behaviors that was creating that. Yeah. So once I stepped back from it and then I said, well, here's a different area I'd like to spend some time and reconnect with friends that I hadn't connected with mm-hmm. for a while and really saying, oh, yeah, I think that the time and effort that I put into certain projects has not expired, just has to go on hold for a little bit. So you actually got the opportunity to check in with yourself and find out what you wanted to do. Yeah. It's so important. And it's pretty fun when you do that because you're like enjoying your life. Well, yeah, because you're actually being in tune with the things that bring you happiness, Uh bring you joy, allow you to move into those moments where you're really truly enjoying your life and not maybe constantly on the grindstone and trying Mm -hmm. to just trudge through things, losing sight of what it is that you want And there is a balance in everything. It is important. The beliefs that our family provides us Mm -hmm. and the things, you know, like the foundation that we get from our heritage, our culture, family beliefs and things like that. But we all also are individuals and we need to be able to embrace that. And so, yeah, not putting your worth in another person, not putting your worth in a job, not putting your worth on your children, not putting your worth on the house that you have, Mm -hmm. just really about being present. Well, and that's where a lot of people, I think, do find a benefit in coming to therapy because you can work through, I want to find how to integrate me, Mm -hmm. my authentic self with these other things that are also important to me. Especially parents that I work with, I find it so interesting when light bulbs go off and when you say to somebody, but when you're doing what you really love to do, you're being that role model that you want your child to look up to. You don't want to say, do this, do this, do this, but I do this. There's an example of that. My yoga instructor, Max, talks to a lot of executives, like high up business executives that kill themselves 80 to 100 hours a week. And when he says, is this the type of life you would want for your child? And they just like stop in their tracks and they're like, no, I'm working like this to provide for like what? And then they're missing out on Mm -hmm. the opportunity to spend time with their parents. So again, about that balance, it's, you know, how much money are you going to save in the bank and where are you going to take that? Yeah. No, I think a lot of those things are really important because it's a constant everyday question that we're asking ourselves. What am I doing today for myself, for my family, for my friends, like for the people that are important to me? How am I cultivating those relationships in my life, including with myself? So often when I say to people like, well, how do you spend your time? It's, Who do you spend your time with? But not only just what they say, well, how do you spend your time? It's always, they're always telling me about what they do with other people. Yeah. It's yeah. very infrequently. I actually have to specifically say, what do you do for yourself mm-hmm. for them to get to recognize that? And so it's it's so indicative of how we frequently put ourselves last. And this is like a, a cultural thing mm-hmm. as like, for most of Americans, I think we do this. I'm sure there are other people that do this as well, that 
we often think of ourselves last or not first. And that really gets us into a tricky place when we are trying to then take good care of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Taking the time, like I had just mentioned about who are you spending that time with? Do you spend time with people who inspire you? Yes. Do you spend time with people who drain you? Do you spend time with people who expect too much mm-hmm. from you? Um, especially if we're thinking about what we were talking about earlier with society and what our culture is become because we put things into our body, not just the food that we eat, but the media that we take in. Yeah. Who you choose. I, I know that a group that I run currently, a couple of the people said that they had to go on and clear out certain, um, even yoga people that were just in their ego and trying to do work yeah. and not really doing it effectively because they were doing it to make themselves better rather than to give back. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. like to get attention mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Well, and that's something too, is it so like, you know, Christy and I grew up, well, there wasn't social media. I didn't even get on social media until I was in grad school in about 2005. So my upbringing, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have that kind of access. It didn't mean that I still didn't see information through magazines or books or commercials or TV shows, movies, all of those kinds of things. So all different kinds of media and how that is put in our faces. But even now today with social media, how easily accessible everything is. And so there are lots of people that I know that take breaks from social media, but also do these kind of like social media cleanses. Like who are you following on Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat or Facebook, all these other different social media sites and how are their information that they're posting affecting you, affecting the way that you see yourself, the way that you feel about yourself. I'm following someone on Instagram. I don't want them to make me feel crappy about myself. And if they are, I need to recognize that and do something about Mm -hmm. it. I was just having a conversation with somebody about Facebook and just how people who are acquaintances of yours are all of a sudden friends. We were in Mexico a couple of years ago and met this couple and the woman like friend requested me. I'm like, am I ever going to see this woman again in my life? No, probably not. Does it matter to me what she's doing right now? No, probably not. And uh, just this weekend, I was away with some girlfriends and we were talking about there are certain people that maybe you accept their friend requests or what for whatever reason, but you don't really like them. Yeah. So it's okay not to look at that person or, you know, to, to unfollow them. Yes. Or to It's hide so the- hard because there are so many more rules than mm-hmm. I ever realized. There, I don't remember the name of the documentary, but there's a documentary on Netflix about Instagram. And it was actually really eye-opening to me because they followed three individuals, all teenagers, and the influence that Instagram has on their lives. And they were all different mm-hmm. walks of life and stuff. But in between following those three stories, they had these little like interview snippets with other teenagers talking about the different rules of Instagram and things like that. The amount of pressure that is on yeah. our teens today mm-hmm. who are on social media is astronomical. I had a teen who was going to be going on a... Mexico or something vacation with her parents and she said well I have all of the outfits that I want to be photographed in for each day that yeah. I and again like you said the pressure with that well and the rules that come along with yeah. it and so how much so now it's not just when I was in high school feeling like the only time that I had to quote unquote be on if I had to be was when I was actually around other people yeah. like when I was on at school or whatever. And now the pressure to constantly be on, be showing face in a specific way. In a way that almost makes other people jealous from the people that I work with. Well, and um, that's like the whole intent mm-hmm. of it. Well, the, 
There was, oh man, I can't think of the name of the show. I don't watch it, but I was over somebody's house and it was on catfishing. Oh, catfish. Catfish. Yeah. So all the people that have online romances that never even meet or see each other in person, potentially. Like just photos. years. Years. So they have this quote unquote relationship with somebody that they never see or talk. I mean, maybe sometimes they talk to them, but there was this young girl on there and the two guys that run the show were looking at her instagram and just some of the posts that she had as a teen were horrifically shocking so they went to this girl's father's house and the father seemed very reasonable and he said yes i've had a conversation with her and she said yes and i took down all those pictures and they're like so we're seeing the clean version so the pressure (laughs) of this is what it takes to get a man this is what it takes to you have to objectify yourself Yes, absolutely. In order to have a certain number of followers. Right. Yeah. A bunch of probably pretty twisted men that you've never, or women, whatever, that you've never met in your life. And that, that makes you feel good. That makes you feel like you're, you're certainly not contributing in any way. I'm not sure about that. But for this girl, it was putting that out there made her feel that people actually wanted her and that she was important yeah and then when they took that away from her it was kind of like it was more empowering because she knew that she didn't have to do that yeah and And i know growing up like it was like that for me too i definitely dated certain people and i was influenced in ways that i didn't want to be just because i wanted to fit in like Mm. i think that that's pretty normal it's funny because I took the opposite route. I never <laughs> felt like I fit in. <laughs> we moved a lot. And then that was a big part of it. And so I was moving every few years. Uh-huh. So because of that, I would not really try to make long lasting friendships. And I just have always been weird. <laughs> That's just me. I accept it now. I embrace my weirdness. It's part of who I am. It's why the people that I do surround myself with love me mm-hmm. because I am so weird. But that was something that I embraced almost to the extreme mm-hmm. in order mm-hmm. to kind of give myself a reason for maybe why people didn't want to be around me or why people would be like, okay. And it's like, oh, well, they can't handle the weirdness or I'm so weird. So I would push myself to an extreme in order to not be put in a position to conform or not Mm -hmm. be put in a position to like be hurt. If if that makes sense. Definitely. Well, and I feel like I've ever since I was young, loved social situations and that's just kind of my thing and I feel comfortable doing that and I feel comfortable listening to people and hearing their stories so I don't feel like that there's a pressure to do that but I do feel that if I do that too much I get exhausted oh that makes totally me too absolutely well another thing when you were talking about the Instagram stuff and just all of that pressure and how we're putting ourselves out there. I think that really ties a lot into what we were talking about in the last podcast with body image and the way that we talk to Mm -hmm. ourselves. And so, and like you were saying with the Instagram, like what am I putting out there in order to get people to give me attention? And what kind of attention am I getting from that? When we went through our yoga teacher training, dear Max, my teacher said, you will not put yourself out there in a sexual way. Like you will not do it, not just to me, to all of us as teachers that, you know, the gift that you have to help people heal has nothing to do with your physical attributes. Right. And I think that our society says it does. Well, and you should be able to wear this and you Mm -hmm. should look this certain way in a bathing suit and you should 
Lots do, of shoulds. Right? Well, and that also goes, yeah, <laughs> that goes into the influence from media. Like, mm-hmm. and that's always been there. Like, we've seen that even from like early, early on when like, you know, our parents were younger, the different ads and media exposure that they were getting, even though it was more limited when it was, and then it was more like print ads in the mm-hmm. newspaper and things like that. And like what they were saying about what women's roles are supposed to be, what men's roles are supposed to be, how marriages are supposed to look, you know, what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And so again, we're constantly being fed information from media sources that are telling us what we are supposed to be. So I can't, everybody does this, Mm -hmm. that we say things like, oh, you know what they say, or you know how we're supposed to look, or you know what people really want. It's like, well, who are they? What, who are these people that we're talking about? and people fail to realize that it's their own negative thought about themselves that they're projecting onto somebody else. I watch it happen all the time. Yeah. Does that make sense? So that somebody's saying, just getting down on themselves a lot. Oh, yeah. Like if you stop and listen to conversations that you have with your friends, and then sometimes it makes you feel uncomfortable, like, oh no. Like you're trying to argue somebody out of like a core belief that they have about themselves yeah. that's protecting them in some sort of way. And that's where therapy helps too. Because having somebody that's objective in that sense to say, hey, I'm thinking this certain way and I'm looking for the evidence that backs this up because if not, it's just mindless chatter that's, again, Yeah, because sometimes it's it's hard for us to believe our friends and family when they're telling us, I know that you see yourself like that, but I don't see that. It's so easy for us to say to that person, well, you're just saying that because you're my friend. Yeah. Or you're just saying that because you're family or because you love me because you have to. You have to. Right. Like I heard that so many times. Like, but oh, but you're beautiful. You're just saying that because I, you have to, like, because you're my dad or because you're my mom or whatever, you know, like you're my friend and that doesn't mean anything coming from you. But it really... If these are the people that truly love you, I feel like it means the most coming from them. Mm -hmm. Like, what does it matter if a stranger on Instagram, on Facebook, or even just out in public thinks that we look amazing? Why does that mean more than the people that we choose to have in our lives? And Mm -hmm. so, again, a lot of that we have backwards. It's it's also getting real about how actively you're seeking healthy behaviors, because I see a lot of people that get sort of lazy in that regard and then it comes out in the negative thoughts. I know that I meaning like they're finding relationships that are not healthy for them. Yeah, relationships, food, lack of activity, wasting time. Like people will be like, I am completely addicted to Facebook. I sit and eat a bunch of junk food. I do that and then it's just this perpetual issue over and over and over again. And then the self-talk happens. I'm feeling so bad about myself, but I'm not really doing anything in order to make that better. And maybe they're not inspired. I feel like when people Mm -hmm. get connected with the right people and they're excited about things, we've talked about, I think when Allison was here too, about being part of a community with people that lift you up. I'm in a teacher training right now where we have an accountability group. And these are people that I've never met that are amazing. Yeah. And I'm really enjoying getting to know them a lot better because we have the same goal in mind. So if you look at what what are the goals that I want, who's already there? So I have sort of a mentor in that regard and who wants to get there? And yeah. so I'm surrounded with other people. So I think that there is so much out there that people, like you said, put themselves last. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that I want to have a goal or an interest or a hobby. My kids have practice every night. I need to make sure that, you know, I cook dinner when I get home from work, that 
it's just pure exhaustion at the end of the day. Then. Yeah. I think that a lot of times, you know, if we're stuck like that, I imagine that that probably has something to do with those beliefs or those goals that we have for ourselves. If I'm stuck, overwhelming myself with social media, not taking good care of myself, eating in ways that aren't good for my body, being inactive, mm-hmm. all of that. Like if I feel stuck, it's probably because I have these beliefs and these goals for myself that are not my own, that they're mm-hmm. not self-generated. And then they're unattainable. Yes. And why am I doing that to myself? Where is that coming mm-hmm. from? And how am I really asking myself, what do I want? Mm-hmm. And that when we do the things that we do, whether it's inactivity or even just what you said, I have to run my kids to all these things. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do that. All of these things end up distracting us from ourselves right and I 180% (laughs) did that with my business like have to have to have to have to and then at the end of the day when I decided I wanted my work to be part of my life not my entire life and I sat down and I prioritized things it's like oh look you help me with this as well yeah you can delegate certain things you can ask people for help like I have such a hard time asking people for help mainly because I don't want to bother them or yeah. I feel like it'll just be quicker for me to do it. But the more that I've done that in my life, I can get even more accomplished and not be so stressed out about it. Yeah. There are people that want to help. And if they don't, then you pay someone to tell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, right. Exactly. It's how important is your time. And if you're going to be, if you can pay somebody X amount of money and you can be putting your attention somewhere else, sometimes that's worth it. Yeah. Well, no, and I kind of experienced that when I finally started to really kind of get into fitness, I had never really mm-hmm. done that before. But once I got into it, it became very obsessive at times mm-hmm. for me. That's what I prioritized. Not necessarily because I was taking good care of myself, which is where those addictions, they get tricky because we can be addicted or get extreme about things that can be good for us. Sure it would be really difficult because I would prioritize that over everything. So I would... Talk to marathon runners. Well, I know. Exactly. And you really have to. Or people that compete in athletics or bodybuilding or figure competitions or weightlifting competitions. Like, if this is what you're doing, if this is your life, then it is your life. And I came to realize, like, wait a minute. I'm just trying to be healthy. (laughs) Like, what does that mean? Because... What I was doing was prioritizing my workout schedule over everything else. So if that meant that we had to eat dinner at 4.30, then we were eating dinner at 4.30. I don't care if you're hungry or not, because I got to get going because I have to eat early enough and do all these things. Or my husband was like, oh, well, I have to do this thing. Well, you can't do that tonight. I have class. And he's like, I can't. And it was hard to balance that and come out from it's okay to maybe not do something mm-hmm. like you know for whatever it is maybe i don't have to do it all maybe i don't have to go to the extreme of taking on something that exhausts me and gives me this much stress well and it's also about getting real about why you might be doing that thing so when i moved into the house that i'm in now oh gosh maybe seven seven years mm. um so i have some neighbors and we're pretty close for the first five years, they're like, you were never home. And it was true. Like, if I if I had, if I had, wasn't at work, then I was at a friend's house or I was over at my parents' house or I was working out or I was doing something. Like, I would come home every night pretty much at, like, 10 o'clock at night and continue to be working. And when I was going through therapy, 
I had to look and say, hey, so you are starting a whole new phase, chapter, if you will, of your life. Are you trying to avoid that? Are you scared oh. of what it's going to be if you're there and you you have to like build this on your own? Because it was so much part of my life of doing it with somebody. And that was in my 20s. So right. that get, moving into your 20s, you're kind of like creating this should. Mm. You should be getting married. You should be doing all of this. And um, to the outside, I'm sure everything looked great. But from the inside, it was like, yeah, this isn't really fulfilling and then when it's when that was over and then I sort of moved into the the business aspect, it's like, okay, so that can be my life. And now like towards the end of my thirties, I'm like, no, don't want I don't want one thing to rule my life. Yeah. And I think I came to that belief or that understanding as well is mm-hmm. I really want to be able to take good care of myself and that is not just in doing one thing yeah. whatever that may be mm-hmm. because before the excessive working out it was something else it was being a mom because mm-hmm. I do have two small children and it was like nope this is what I'm doing I'm I'm going to work and I'm helping other people and I'm spending time taking care of my kids and it's so easy to fall into those things because we see everyone else doing it and I have and then issues. people have friends, their kids are friends, so they just do that together. And then oh, yeah. that becomes like... What I was going to say, which is a FOMO, that everyone has this fear of missing out. And the fear of missing out of what? So maybe it's the fear of missing out of, you know, living a life that you didn't know you were going to live. Or like, what if I am home alone? What What is somebody else doing? Or mm-hmm. if I'm here with my kids, what is somebody else doing with their kids? And do I need to be doing that with them? Or like, if I'm not working out, what does that mean? Or if I'm not doing this or... And we get so involved about what other people think about what it is that we're doing or not doing. I can remember very clearly in college, um, I had a professor. This was in undergrad when I was at IEP. Um, I think it was my psychology professor, professor actually, would hone in on this. If you're not doing it, someone else is. And that really stuck in my head. Like, Mm. I need to constantly be working on this because somebody else is going to get ahead in that regard. Which is interesting to me because the way that I view my business is not like that now. Like, I don't view competition as, maybe I shouldn't say that, (laughs) as competition. (laughs) But I feel like there's so much everybody can learn from each other and that we can sort of all work together. And I don't think that's naive as a business owner, in a sense, because I believe in the energy that you put out there. And when you make connections with people and when you enjoy your work and you love your work and you're passionate Mm -hmm. about it, then that's going to draw the people that are meant to be there. So you find genuine connection that way. Absolutely. You're going to get more from working together than you are from competing with each other. But Mm -hmm. again, that goes back to kind of like what we talked about last time with Allison, which is if we're not competing with each other, then that's where the people out there that are trying to sell stuff yes. are screwed. Mm-hmm. So society wants you to compare yourself to everyone. And they to live want in you, fear. Yes, to live in fear, mm-hmm. to have FOMO, to be worried, because that's what they capitalize on. You're that's what money. they make money off of. They're making money off of our fear and off of our worries and off of everything. Mm-hmm. And so what you're talking about actually brings you more, not from competing. Competing takes time away from you cultivating yourself because Mm -hmm. you're so worried about, I need to know what everybody else is doing in order to get ahead. I have to be on social media all the time. Which, guess what? It's taking up time and energy. It's taking up time and energy that you can't use on yourself. And so one of the things that I think 
really helped me a lot was realizing how much is if I cultivate just what Christy's talking about, these relationships with people, even on a personal level, like she's talking about it on a business level, but on a personal level, it works too, Mm -hmm. that you create relationships with people who build you up, Mm -hmm. right? Together we rise. We're going to do more working together as a collaborative than we are trying to compete with one another um, based on these comparisons that really don't matter to us and don't affect us in ways that help us. What's the lady's name? The um, the tidying lady. Kimo- Marie Kondo. Kondo. I, kimono. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. So when I read that book a couple of years ago and cleared out a lot of stuff in my life, it's that idea of holding on to something and saying, I can't wait to use this or I can't wait to wear this. And we should be like that with our relationships too. Yeah. You know, we don't have to hold on to people. They're, you know. That so, don't bring us joy. That don't bring us joy. Mm-hmm. And this idea of soulmates. I believe that there are a lot of people out there that, you know, maybe you're really meant to have an intense connection with somebody for five minutes or five months or five years or your entire lifetime. Like it doesn't matter. But what matters is when you know that it's no longer bringing you joy, that you don't fear letting that go. Because when you let things like that go, I promise you 150% new energy comes in. Absolutely. And that, you know, I have reconnected with some people from high school um, that I have amazing relationships with now. And it was just, it timing is everything. So it doesn't mean that if you release a person for whatever reason that maybe they don't come back. It's just, I think that people get stuck in their head. What does it mean about me if I can't make this work? Well, and I think that there's a belief that when we have friends or relationships that, oh, we've been friends for X amount of years, that again, it's something to brag about and something to compete with. Mm-hmm. I have had closer relationships with people who I have only known a very short period of time. I've only known you, you know, this person two months. And yet I'm sharing things with them Mm -hmm. that I haven't shared with people that I knew for years, maybe in college or in high school or, you know, other friends like that. Oh, yeah. And who prioritizes you? Absolutely. Like you don't want to have one-sided friendships. No. And you want to know that people have your back. And if they don't, it's okay to unfollow them on whatever well and I'm sure that all of us have experienced that of maybe like losing a friendship or you know we were really close for a very long period of time and then for whatever reason we grew apart because we're always changing right everybody has different lives we all have different experiences so we change and we either grow together or we grow apart and it's hard Of course, it's hard every time it happens, but I think it's harder when it's romantic relationships because the lives become so much more entangled and we do create a life together that what Christy's talking about is, you know, letting go of that kind of relationship can be so difficult and we don't want to, but we've all experienced letting go of some sort of relationship that at the time was very painful, but then later on allowed us to be probably more authentic with ourselves to be more ourselves mm-hmm. and to find people in the in the world at that moment that connected to who we are then instead of someone that connected to who we were mm-hmm. and were keeping us from being who we are today. For kids that I work with, that is so difficult, especially yeah. at the college age and right out of college age. It's like, and those are the times in your life where you're getting jobs and you're moving yeah. into career and it's even more so that you're going to have to let go a lot. But, but add the social media piece in, like I have kids that'll come in and it's like, 
oh, well, now they have this new group of friends, and we were supposed to be the, the threesome, and yeah. now there's another threesome, and they're putting all this Snapchats, and they went on spring break, and they did this, and then just really being devastated by... It's kind of like you have an, a wound, and you just keep, like, putting an ice pick in it. Yeah. You know? Sprinkling more salt. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know that this is going to be painful, but I'm going to do it anyway. Well, here's the thing, though, is that we all went through that as... And, and I... I don't want to say that we have to go through that, but I think it's very pivotal for our experience. I remember what that was like. Mm -hmm. I remember being a part of a group, then not being a part of a group for whatever reason. I don't even know why. There were times it just, they stopped talking to you Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like a lot of times there are no explanations because there isn't a good reason. It's not because of you. And yet we do personalize it. It's timing and circumstances, honestly. Or it's, you know, this society or what, Mm -hmm. oh, well, this is what's cool now, or this is what's cool now, or, oh, well, you're the new person, so we're going to hang out with you, but oh, no, now we're we're not going to hang out with you because we're not, (laughs) you're no longer new and sparkly anymore. And that's really hard to come to terms with when things don't make sense. It's even more important to realize then that's why we don't want to have those things be so important to us. If things don't make sense, those relationships, why am I keeping this stuff around if Mm -hmm. it makes me so miserable? Mm -hmm. Again, I think we need to look back and do some more self-exploration as to, well, what are the goals that I have for myself and what beliefs are fueling those goals about myself and about my goals for my life and who I am as a person, the person that I want to be. I, and I really do love that book um, because for me, when the Marie I was, Kondo book? yes, okay, and when I, for me, when I was going through that, like we just tend to hang on to stuff because, like, maybe it's nostalgic or whatever. But um, she said, okay, so even if you have an item of clothing that still has the tag on, but you don't really, you're not really feeling it. Like, you look at, you know. This gave me joy at one point in my life. Yeah. And if I hang on to it, I'm keeping that joy from somebody else. And for me, being with a codependent personality. You were like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to hold things back from people that really need them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but I think that. that I love that. <laughs> it's somebody else could get joy from this. And then releasing it to them and letting it, you know, serve its purpose, you know, because there are, there are so many things that we hold on to. And it's not just, I think that I love that book because you can look at the materialistic things, but we hold on to emotions and we hold on to versions of ourselves and we hold on to relationships. I love that. mm -hmm. Hold on to versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's something that screws me over all the time because I hold on to these different versions that I have of myself or the versions that my mind shows me Mm -hmm. yeah because they're not the actual versions of myself Mm -hmm. or well i hold on to those versions both to punish mainly just to just punish myself mm -hmm. i was gonna say or to no it's just to punish myself Mm -hmm. it's either to punish myself because of where i have gotten or where i have not gotten or what i've fallen away from Mm -hmm. or whatever it's always pictures in my mind of how i have messed up and failed Mm -hmm. well and it's just i know we've used the example of the movie um, our, the movie of our life, oh, people constantly. come in and out and their perception isn't going to be the same as your perception. If somebody, okay, say me, you, and like two other people are in a car accident. Yeah. 
So this car accident happens. We're each going to have our own different version. Like, yes. where were you sitting in in the car? Like, what did you see happen? What didn't you see happen? How were you affected by mm-hmm. it? And we're going to heal differently from it. So I think that just knowing, like you said earlier, how different we are and how that's okay. It's okay to stand out, to be different, yes. to speak your own truth because, I mean, you don't have to be a jerk about it. No. But you just have to own, like, okay, this is... You know, this is my uh, belief about it. That's a great point, though, because about the I don't have to be a jerk about it. I think that there's a lot of people that have a misconception that when we do that, when we own who we are and we're proud of it, that we're boasting, mm-hmm. that we're bragging, that we're being stuck I was up. taught that. Yeah. Or that we're being selfish. Well, sure. if I'm just mm-hmm. focusing on myself, that's selfish, right? Mm-hmm. And those are misconceptions um what's important to know is again not just misconceptions but it leads you to anticipate what other people want which might not even be what they want yes so yeah totally and everything in life is beneficial at some point so having a small amount or a good size amount of maybe some like i'm a little bit stuck up or i can boast a little bit right when you're proud proud of of something something. Mm -hmm. exactly It's okay to say that. There's a difference between sharing something that you're proud of, that you've done, or is a part of your life, to people that are are important to you, right? Mm -hmm. And telling every single person on the street that... um, Look at me, look at me. Yeah, look at me, look at me, look at me, look what I did. And and posting it all over social media multiple periods of time, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Uh, Again, if it's authentic to you, like the whole like, oh, I like taking pictures of myself. I like taking selfies. I like doing that. People always tease me. I know Christy hates selfies. I love selfies. I take them all the time. Pictures in general. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) this is this goes back to Christy's issues with herself. (laughs) But um, I love taking pictures of myself and it's hard because I I enjoy it and I don't do it for anyone else but me. Mm -hmm. And I like taking these pictures and I like doing them for myself. And I also share them with the people on Instagram and Facebook who might follow me Mm -hmm. um, because I want to share my authentic self with them. And people don't have to like it. They don't have to like it. But sometimes I get in my head about it because Mm. you see these things. There's articles about, ooh, if you take selfies all the time, you're narcissistic. And... That kind of stuff gets up in our heads and it messes with us. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, am I full of myself? I'm not, I'm not full of myself. Maybe sometimes I am, but again, a small dose of being full of yourself, Mm -hmm. it's not so bad. It's good to know what you're good at and to own the stuff and to toot your own horn. Well, you have to be confident if you're gonna be productive, so. Yeah, and if you're gonna be able to If you're second guessing yourself, I'm telling you, I would never go to take an exercise class or do a medit- to do anything with somebody who was just like, oh, so just like unsure of themselves and trying to figure it out or apologizing about things. Like, no, be strong, be own confident, it. own it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and it does. It gets. It helps you then not care so much about the comparisons, not care so much about what what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to have. Like we were talking about, like status. Mm-hmm. And how if you live in certain places or you work in certain places or you go to school in certain places or things like that, that that gets in our heads. Oh, no. What are they going to have that I don't have? What Mm -hmm. does it matter? Mm -hmm. It's stuff or it's things. Um, I have a friend who her daughter is in sixth grade and she is part of a very affluent Pittsburgh school district this couple are they're very good friends of mine and they are not affluent people so they want to raise their kids to you know be mindful to you know 
enjoy the things that you have and not, you know, be wanting of more. Yeah, but yeah, unfortunately, yeah. are in a district where there's a lot of money. And um, so her daughter wanted to play softball. And she was told, um, we'll give the bats and helmets. And when her daughter went to the practice, there were no bats and helmets. Everybody had their own. And they had these big, fancy bags and gloves yeah. and custom-made things. And she said, do I really need to pay $1,000 for equipment that she might not want to do next year. This yeah. is like, this isn't at the age where they're competing in high school and looking to do college out of it. So what value are we placing on kids and what they need to have and how they need to perform? I just hear from so many people. I mean, baseball and hockey jump out at me, like maybe soccer a little bit, but like just how much time and money and effort these parents um, have to put into things, traveling teams, and then you're taking vacation time, yeah. and then you're paying for hotels, and then you're being a part of another whole subgroup of people that you might not otherwise be friends with, that you don't always necessarily agree, and it creates so much stress. So why put that on kids so young? Yeah. It's just a question. I mean, maybe yeah. it's... Well, and on kids so young, and then also all of us, because you think about it, as you were talking, I'm thinking, well, like clothing labels is a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. And definitely if you are in certain school districts or working in certain places, or you live in certain neighborhoods or even certain cities, mm-hmm. you know, how you present yourself People judge us on that. And I remember in seventh grade, we had um, our middle school had a swim, like a, a swimming pool. So we had a swimming section or whatever. And it was all the rage. You had to have a gap bag. You remember oh. like the blue gap bags? with like No, the because I never shopped a gap. <laughs> well, I did because I needed the bag for my, <laughs> for my for wet swimming. bathing suit. <laughs> but it's just crazy things that you remember like that. Like I have this. And this is like a symbol of not status at the time, but like of wanting to fit in and not wanting to be like, okay, then maybe I'm not going to be part of my friend group because I don't have this thing. Yes, absolutely. And I definitely had aspects of that, but I definitely never shopped at Gap. One of the phases that I never went through was the preppy phase. I went through pretty much every other phase, but that one. So that definitely, I think, influences a lot of us. And it still influences us today. It's like... You know, when someone's wearing something that's designer or someone's wearing something that's exclusive, we are in envy of that. And why? Again, because what are those beliefs that we have that are fueling that and that fuel that, oh, well, she has that and now I'm jealous of her for having that or... Well, and the secret behind everything is all the clothing is pretty much the same. So actually, if you're shopping at the outlet stores, they're... They're not always made by the same designer, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, they're watch Adam Runes at everything on shopping, but it's just about what a crazy extreme markup is, and that when yeah. you're buying at these discounted prices, you're still buying well above like what it costs to make that item. So, are you willing to just throw money away in that regard? And I for mean, what? So, I went to the beach last year, Rehoboth in Delaware, and they have outlets, and they have a Kate Spade outlet. And I have always wanted a Kate Spade purse. Not because of anything, but just because I really like the way that they look. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted one. And I treated myself to one. And part of me was thinking should I not say anything about this? Like, do I just not say it? Because again, I don't want to come off as braggy. I didn't want to f- have, make other people feel 
whatever. And then I thought to myself, well, screw it, because I can't be concerned about what other people are thinking Mm -hmm. or feeling. I did this for myself. I worked really hard. I wanted to get this. I got it at a discount because it was the outlet store. And, And I did. And I'm really happy that I did that for myself because I really wanted that. And so it's okay if there are things Mm -hmm. that you want that maybe people would consider, I don't know, they would think of you in some sort of way for having it. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's okay to do that. I think the point is to really just kind of check in with yourself and make sure that you're doing it for you. It sounds like it brought you joy. It really did. I love that purse. (laughs) I've had it almost for a year and I still love the purse. Yes. So having... And that's also surrounding yourself with the things and the people that make you feel good. And environment is a big thing too. I think that people don't often think about like, what is it? Is your house always the same all the time? Are you constantly like bringing in new things, changing things around to just sort of like meet your needs at the time? Absolutely. We just started like redoing, getting all new furniture. Mm -hmm. You have to come over and see the house. It looks really good. But it feels so different. And just getting yourself new things and not because you're showing off for any reason, but again, because you're doing something for you, you're Mm -hmm. making your space nice. You are feeling good about yourself. And so there's a difference between doing something because you think other people are going to think something about you and doing something for yourself. And that's really important in terms of taking good care of yourself. When we were talking about like the generational things before too, I was thinking about, you know, my grandparents, I spent a lot of time there. I was lucky enough to have six grandparents. I had Mm. a couple great grandparents when I was um, growing up and just how much I took from them in terms of appreciation of things like things were slower with them and and they were like really active people. But at the same time, like. I remember listening to records with my grandfather the world and like was slower. Yes. Yeah. Just really gaining an appreciation for all different types of music. And every Sunday we had uh Steeler games at my um, grandparents' house and just how, how much like so much of that has changed. Like mm. I grew up in a family that like really loved football and in Pittsburgh, a lot of families a really love the Steelers. Love their, yeah. And in the last couple of years, I've just become so disheartened because that's falling away. You know, mm. money has taken over, egos have taken over, social media has taken over. This need for more, more, more is just kind of like we lost the fun of the game. We lost like the team that, you know, stood for something and had values. And that, again, I think that that's just like a great comparison to where were we then and where are we now and Mm -hmm. how busy life and and just not to lose that disconnection of just sitting and listening to some record, if you will. I mean, I think things, all of our lives have gotten much more difficult Mm -hmm. and And busy and busier and, And I don't think it's going to slow down. Everything continues to get more busy and more complicated. And in in some ways... And more expensive. Yeah, well, in some ways it's it's good because we are accessing more information Mm -hmm. and more knowledge and growing in ways that I don't think anyone ever anticipated that we as individuals could. But everything has pros and cons to it. Well, it's how are you using it? Is yeah. it giving you time or is it taking time away? Yeah. So while you might love to use a Google Translator if you're in another country or your GPS to figure out right. where you're, amazing things. But the things that, you know, um, if it's just something mindless that's 
taking up a lot of time? Is that worth time? And is it making you feel good? Because the things that waste your time don't make you feel good. Absolutely. And it's not worth it for us to be wasting our time when we really don't have a lot of time, especially in the day. Always like, where's the day? Or, oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, we're finally at the weekend again and whoop, it's gone again. And so when we find time moving by so quickly, it really gives us an opportunity to take pause and kind of just say, what do I want to do with the time that I have? And Mm -hmm. how do I want to spend it? And what can I learn from how I've already spent my time Mm -hmm. in ways either that benefited me or that didn't? Absolutely. And one final thing I wanted to touch on was I think that it's important to own the choices that you make. And so when I think about versions of myself again and having resent for doing things that I chose to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? It's like experiences and choices. Yeah. Totally. And it's like, oh, well, I, for example, like I didn't move here because I wanted to do this thing or, but I could have, you know, and at any point in your life, if there's something that you really want to do, then absolutely do it. But if you choose not to do it, like you can't fault somebody else for that, if that makes sense. Well, and you also can't, you can, but it doesn't help you to fault yourself for that. Right. right. That, you know, mm-hmm. or what, feel like you did something wrong. Absolutely. In that and I think that also goes for not just things that we don't do, but things that we actually choose. Mm-hmm. So maybe I did make a choice to do something and I really regret that I did that. Mm-hmm. It's important to experience that, to have that regret and to know what that feels like, because that's something that we learn from. But punishing yourself for things and choices that you've made in the past or choices that you didn't make in the past Mm -hmm. doesn't benefit you today. It keeps you stuck in the past. Yes. And that doesn't help anybody. No. Because then we're just living in the past and we can't move forward with our life today. Mm -hmm. So don't do that. Thank you for listening to Conversations to Connect with Christy and Gretchen. If you like our show, want more information, and want to connect with us, go to our website at www.conversationstoconnect.com and follow us on Instagram. We hope this episode has given you some in, some useful tips to create meaningful conversations in your life. If you feel like you would benefit from talking with a therapist, one resource is www.psychologytoday.com, or you can contact your insurance company. See you next time.